Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, Indiana Hoosier, five-time NCAA champion, the first man under 50 seconds in the 100-yard breaststroke, Ian Finnerty. Ian, how's it going, man? Hey, guys. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Let's get right into it uh, on what's going on with you. You are in Turkey right now, correct? Yep, um, in Antalya, Turkey, which is uh, near the – it's a little bit south of Istanbul, um, out here with Energy Standard training and uh, just enjoying life right now. Yeah, so get, give me the rundown. How would you end up out there? Um, what, what, how long have you been out there? What's it been like training with that crew so far? Um, yeah, to give me the deets. Um, I guess to start, uh, I was looking for a place to train, um, kind of during the mix of Corona with everything that was going on. And, um, I looked at an, a lot of options and I talked with my GM for DC Trident, uh, Caitlin Santano. And we talked about maybe trying to find a club with an ISL to train with. So we reached out to James Gibson and uh, Energy Standard, and everything came together. We just did a two-week try-it-out camp, two or three weeks um, in July, I believe, and I absolutely loved it. Uh, There was nothing not to like about it, Uh, the facilities, um, the training, the teammates. It was fabulous. So now I'm out here full-time. So that's that I mean that's awesome to hear uh what you know the, the in that trial period those first two or three weeks what did you enjoy about it so much um I think having a, a smaller group is um one of the biggest things it it allows the coaches to get a lot of in-depth work with you and um at the collegiate level and with a lot of the collegiate teams you don't really get that um and I mean it makes sense they they have bigger rosters because they need them but with these smaller um, professional teams, it allows you to have two or three coaches on deck with nine or 10 swimmers. And it's, that's fantastic in my opinion. So. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I was going to say also like just having um, before ISL, like being in short course meters, getting to train long course meters and short course meters and swim with um, a lot of the European and international talent. um, That's been great as well. I think uh, they really know what they're doing out here um, as far as long course goes. So, yeah, I mean, that sounds great. And so you, you went out there in July and you've been out there since, is that kind of, uh, you know, outside of the pool, has that been kind of a culture shift for you? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, you were, you were born and bred in Indiana. Um, is this, is it the first time you've, you haven't lived in Indiana for a while? Yeah, no, honestly, I went from um, not living in any other state to just not living in a different country. So um, it was definitely interesting, but it, it's it's been pretty easy with um, the support that's out here as far as teammates and, and coaches go. And obviously, um, the the area that we stay out in the Gloria Sports Arena and the Gloria Resorts, it's like it's 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 kind of hard not to kind of fall into place pretty easily. It's it's it was a pretty easy transition. So nice. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, it certainly seemed like 
Uh, I've seen pictures of the Gloria Sports Arena and it looks just incredible. The facilities, the pool, the weight rooms, you know, everything. It just, uh, it looks pretty nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really is an understatement. I mean, it's like, it's, and we just almost have it all to ourselves most of the time. So it's, we have a 50 meter long course pool outside, 50 meter long course inside. Then we have a 25 short course meter outside as well. And it's just, we can use that whenever we want. So, I mean, the facilities here are obviously, I think, um, some of the best in the world if you're a swimmer. And then being able to live so close is just, it's, it's, it really is just awesome. Like that's the only word to describe it. So. Yeah. And so again, outside of the pool, what are you doing when you're there, when you're not swimming? Um, you know, it seems like there's, there's a lot to accommodate and, and maybe there's, there's some sites, sites to see as well for you. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, a lot of our training, it's, it's, we, we do a like late morning start, which is very different, um, from what I'm used to. So like our morning practices doesn't start till 9am. So like you get to sleep in, um, take a nap in between practices and then do your afternoon practice. And by that time it's almost 7pm. So it's like, you're, you can watch a lot of movies. Um, I actually finished my, my master's through IU while I was here last time. Um, probably apply for my online MBA while I'm here and then give me something to do with my free time then. Uh, but it, it's a lot of um, catching up on what you want to do. I know a lot of guys play some video games. Some people read. Um, I'm a big golfer. So it's like I, I've been going over to the golf resort that's literally right down the road and playing golf. Um, on the weekends, you can go and explore in the mountains. There's a beach right next to us. We can take a two-minute shuttle to the beach. So it's there really is yeah. an endless amount of things to do. You're just only limited by how much energy you have. <laughs> so it's uh, – on the weekdays, it's mostly training camp vibes with um, sleeping and, and training. So nice. And uh, and so so training itself, what does that look like for you? Is has that been a lot different than what you, the kinds of work you were used to at IU and and who you know in terms of your training partners? Um, what what have they been like to to swim against so far? Um, so as far as the training goes, like, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot different. Um, I think I, a lot of people know what Indiana does as far as training. And, uh, this is wildly different. It's, um, very much technique and, um, power focused, um, a lot of feel good swimming. as I call it. And I mean, they've had such great success with it and I'm already starting to see some of the success in practice. And then as, um, training partners, I had Philippe Lima out here for a little bit. He's going to come back as well, I think, soon. And then uh, Georgia Davis, uh, she is a backstroker for uh, Great Britain, so it matches up really well. I mean, our times are very similar in a lot of events, so being able to race her is great. And then as far as non-brushstrokers, I mean, it's always fun to step up on the blocks with flow and been proud and then get my butt kicked, but I still get a race. So it's, uh, it's, it's always a pleasure no matter what stroke you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we, I, again, first man under 50 seconds in the hundred breast, but also you, what you were like 132, 200 free, 141, 200 IM or something. Uh, you know, it's like you, you, you've got four really solid strokes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, uh, I kind of surprised him a little bit the first week, I think with uh, some of the freestyle aerobic sets that we, we did to get into things. And it's like, I'm not just a breaststroker, but 
probably won't ever do it in their actual race. <laughs> it, it was fun and fun in college. So, yeah, definitely. Let's. Uh, I'd I'd like to get your you know just get a few war stories from from your perspective on your time in college. Um, he- heading into your junior NCAA's, um, I I mean I think it was pretty obvious you had that goal of breaking fifty seconds and being crowned the NCAA champion. How are you feeling heading into that meet? Um, I was feeling pretty good. Um, at the time, we had uh, assistant coach Mark Hill. Um, he, he was at Michigan for a while and then came to IU, and I think I, I really owe a lot to him. He was sort of like a little hype man, and I, I was working a lot with him and Coley Sickles during that time. And um, my sprint felt very good, as poppy, and as, as, as good as it ever did during college. Um, so I was confident. Um, I had already swam at the pool once, so that was – that was nice as well. Um, but I think uh, the biggest factor that year was um, I was telling everybody like what I wanted to do. So I kind of had to back it up. I, I was, I was uh, telling Ray, I was telling Coley, I was telling all of them, like, I want to be under 50. I want to be under 50. And at that time they were kind of like, well, you've never been under 51. I don't think at that point. So they were like, well, we'll see about that. But I almost said it so much that I would have looked silly if I didn't. So, um, uh, I just remember that so vividly that year. Yeah. And, uh, I, I mean, it, you know, that was such a historic moment. I, I, I vividly remember being there and watching that swim and it's like, Whoa, uh, you know, this super cool, a really a very cool barrier to break that no one to this day still has. Um, and besides you, uh, so uh, taking it back even further, um, coming into IU, you were, you know, a local kid. Uh, what, what, what drew you to IU? And, um, I mean, has, what did seeing their breaststroke success or their success in general, was that, was that a factor for you wanting to go there and wanting, did you have those aspirations when you got in the door? Um, I think maybe, maybe a little bit. So when I actually committed to IU, um, at the point we were still deciding whether or not I was going to do breaststroke or fly. Cause, um, I was 54, like five when I committed. And then I was also, I think 47, nine or something like that at hundred fly or 48. Oh, so like we were still deciding. We didn't really have a flyer at that point. We didn't have any Lonza yet. So, um, I don't think I committed really for the breaststroke, uh, that they were doing there. It was mainly because I had been around the campus. Um, and I always, I always tell this to recruits and this is kind of what I was, um, thinking about too when I committed I said make sure you're going to a school where if you didn't swim you'd still be happy and I knew going to IU if I wasn't swimming I would still be happy with the education with the campus lifestyle Uh, I would enjoy walking to class every day I mean it's beautiful on that campus it's like everything else was so good that even if swimming wasn't there it would have been fine so that's that's what I always tell recruits and that's kind of what led me to um, actually go to Indiana yeah and so, I mean, once you got on campus that you mentioned Vinny Lanza, that your class, particularly at IU was, was, uh, pretty stacked. Um, you yeah, know, you guys, you guys had a 400 medley relay that won NCs two years in a row with, with, I guess you and Vinny were the only two that were on both relays, but, um, you know, it was talk, talk about that class and kind of what you guys went through as freshmen to, to to build that base for, for what was to come in your later years. 
I think um, you correct me if I'm, I think Gabriel Fantoni was actually on it both years as well too. You're totally right. I was I was yeah, just thinking yeah. from your class, but yeah. Shout out to Fantoni. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to forget him. Yeah, he he, he was he was in there as well. But um, yeah, no, we knew that was our best relay. I mean, obviously, like it's it's something that we pr- had had a lot of pride in. Um, it was nice being able to get a uh, Zach Apple, obviously, for to replace that freestyle leg. Um, and we we had people, regardless of whether or not we actually were able to get him. But um, it, it was a it was a pride thing, especially going into the second year. I mean, the first year it was a little surprising, but also expected. But the second year, it was we we knew we wanted to defend it, and I think it's for Vinny and I. I I'm I'm pretty sure it's it's our probably most memorable races set four hundred medley. So yeah, which I mean, yeah, it it seems like a really special race, and it seems like a very cool effort that you guys again the first year you you had planned for it but still a shock in that second year again just wanting to defend um Mm -hmm. it seemed yeah very cool experience um so let's get into isl a little bit you you swam the first year dc trident you're back with the trident again um how did you feel about that first season of isl um i think it went really well um i think the meets well starting very general before getting into how I think it went for me. Like I thought ISL killed it. I mean, that's what FINA should be doing. The meets are exciting. Um, they're fast paced. They're everything that a spectator wants. And that's really what's important to get the league going. So bravo to them. And I, I, I hope it ends up that way this year. Um, DC Trident. I thought we did great as a team as well. Um, we definitely had the most um, enthusiasm as anybody on deck, I think. So uh, we, we, we just had a lot of pride in what we were doing and having so much fun. I think uh, that was the most important thing for us at the time. And then my individual performances I thought were uh, pretty good. Um, Indian, Indy and uh, Naples, that was a little broken down with some of the training that we were doing. Um, I wish I could have swam a little bit faster there, a little bit more tuned up, because you could see that a lot of the European teams were and some of the Americans were as well. Um, and then Maryland, I got to squeak some rest and a shave actually for that one. And I was pretty happy with that, but it also just makes me realize if I was training short course meters, cause we didn't touch a short course meter pool. We did, we didn't train short course meters. We didn't train long course meters. We were training yards, which I know is similar, but your stroke counts are off and all that. So I thought after three meets of going that it was really good. But at the same time, I, I just couldn't wait to start swimming short course meters again. Um, and I think I needed a little bit more power work and a little bit more uh, speed work probably going into those meets as well. I think the training was a little off for um, the goals in the 100. I mean, I had no idea I was going to do that in the 200, but <laughs> I was more focused on the 100. And then going into this year, I think um, being with Energy Standard and being with the reigning champs of ISL and training with them is, is, is also a good thing. They have a very elite mindset um and, and are ready to do it again and being able to be around them uh it's it's a great mindset to rub off on someone so it's it's been nice yeah uh to recap that uh that dc meet you broke did you break the american record in the 100 and 200 short course meter breaststroke 50 and 100 i missed the 200 by like two tenths okay so two or three tenths yeah 
So you were you were yeah. right there. You you broke broke American records in the fifty and hundred when you got you know a little rest and a shave in, almost there in the two hundred. Yeah. And like you said, hadn't touched short course meters at all in, right. in training. Um, so I mean, you, you mentioned stroke counts. How important do you think, or how much of a factor do you think it will be? Just the fact that you have been training short course meters heading into this ISL season. I mean, it's, it's, it's been pretty drastic as far as practice goes lately here. I mean, it's my stroke count is one more stroke for short course meters. And when I got here, I was half stroking or long stroking. And just by fixing the stroke, I'm, I'm cutting three tenths in a 25. So it's, you, you multiply that by four and then you're already down 1.2. So it's, <clears throat> I think it's, it's, it's an extremely big difference. And I, I'm glad that I have a facility where, um, I can train short course meters. And obviously when you're training with a college team, like it is more important for them to be training yards like that, that they, they need to be training yards. So I understand that we weren't able to do that. It's just nice that I, I'm doing it here now. Definitely. And so you, you also mentioned those first two meets, uh, Naples and Indy Naples. Um, <clears throat> you know, you could tell that like the European swimmers, the European teams were definitely ready. Um, you know, they, yeah. they were coming into it a little bit different, whereas the U.S. teams, again, a lot of the pros that were on these ISL teams are based out of college teams and therefore, yeah. you know, training yards. They were kind of in that fall bulk training, um, a little bit more broken down. Um, does that, has, has training with energy standard, has that made you kind of, um, has that impacted the way you, you think about you know, a, a fall meet or a mid season meet, um, or approaching that. Um, I don't know if it's changed it. It's definitely reaffirmed what I started to believe towards the end of, uh, my collegiate career. I think, um, freshman, sophomore year, um, I really kind of bought into the grind and then going for that last season meet and junior, senior year. Um, I changed up the training a little bit and had a lot of success with it. And I wasn't nearly broken down as much in dual meets. I mean, I was going 52 highs in a speedo in dual meets. And then sophomore year, I was going like 57s, 56s. So, and then I had such great success going into the championship meet still while swimming so fast in dual meets. So I think, yeah, it, junior senior year was the turning point for me. Um, kind of realizing that maybe I wanted to be tuned up for more of these events and really practice racing instead of practicing training. Um, and I think that's, it, that's obviously the mindset over here is it's, you, you practice to race, not practice to train. I mean, you're, you, you, you are competing a hundred. So let's really work on this speed work and this intensity and, and all of that. So, um, it's definitely reaffirmed what I've believed since coming over here. Yeah. And I think, it, you know, that, that seems to be more of a popular mindset. Um, you know, that, well, it's that, that mindset seems to be catching on more and more, especially, you know, if, if you're professionals and, and you're racing for money at midseason meets, um, as opposed to just that one big meet, um, yeah. do, do you think, you know, not only, obviously it's nice to swim fast in season, um, you know, it feels good, but do you think that practicing, you know, racing at those speeds is actually more beneficial than, um, <clears throat> Then, then, be, because at the end of the season, you kind of have a, more of a feel of how that race should feel. I mean, I have no doubt. I have no doubt in my mind that that's it's it's more beneficial to do it that way. Um, and I mean, that's that's a topic 
that's probably widely debated, I think, in um, uh, the swimming world. But I personally think that uh, it, it doesn't really make too much sense to be training in a way that lets you train more. You really should be training in a way that lets you sprint very fast. And I think um, some coaches do that. Some, some, some don't, some people have success with it. Some don't. So it really, in the end, I think a lot of it comes down to what the swimmer thinks and how they think it's going to help them. I mean, I think all coaches can agree that swimming is hugely a mentally taxing and, and mentally important sport. So you should probably side with the mentality of the swimmer on that. Um, but I, I, I'm very happy with what I'm doing here. And I, I believe it's, it's definitely the way forward as far as improvement. Well, congratulations. That's, that's, that's a good thing to hear. And so I'm guessing yeah. it's a good feeling to have. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, it's, it, it's awesome having goals aligned between swimmer and coach. I think it's, um, you, it, you always look for that for sure. Yeah. So what, uh, do you, you know, so far the, the training you've done, give us just a little taste. What's one set that you've really enjoyed or, or one aspect that you've, you've really liked? Was there a practice that you had a really good day at? Uh, yeah, so far your time and energy standard. Um, what's been a highlight of practice so far? Mm, so I think, um, more of an overview. So like on the Fridays, it's, it's a speed lactate session and it's, um, usually consists of some, uh, 20s from a push and then 25s from a dive alternating on like a 110 to one minute. And you swim down to the other side in long course meters. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think, uh, that the practice that sticks out in my mind is Felipe and I we're we're racing breaststroke in, in this workout and I mean, we're, we're both pretty big dudes. So you expect us to kind of uh, taper off towards the end, but we were both didn't want to get passed by each other on these 25 dives. So we were getting faster and faster and faster. And I think it, it took, it took James by surprise a little bit. I mean, um, but being able to do, I, and we had the funny banter back and forth between each other. And it's just something that you don't really have time to do when you're doing longer stuff. So, um, a set like that has been good. We do a lot of corded work, um, a lot of like a resisted dive with a cord, get back up on the block and sprint. And then you'll do an assisted cord and it'll be like four or five rounds of that. So it's nothing crazy. I mean, it's, um, I like to joke cause I used to have Coley Stickles as, as a coach and it's nothing crazy like that, but it's, um, it's nice to find speed work. And so it's, it's been good. Nice. And uh, so James Gibson, was also uh, a great breaststroker in his own right. Mm-hmm. He was swimming. Um, had, had, you know, as a, as a breaststroker, has he provided any insight for you um, just, you know, technique wise, race strategy wise um, on, on how to train in this system? Um, what, what have you gained anything from there? So um, yeah. And I actually didn't even know that he was a breaststroker when I reached out to train with energy standard. Um, it, it's like, Oh, well, that's awesome. <laughs> but um, I think, um, so I can kind of answer that. I think um, it, he doesn't tell you exactly how to, um, I guess, uh, do the training the, the correct way, but he'll ease you into it. So like on a certain sessions, it'd be like, you might be pushing too hard. Cause uh, 
tomorrow afternoon's practice is a little heavy. And then so he's like saying, Hey, like, I know this is what you were used to back when you were swimming in college, but let's, let's go at the actual aerobic pace and then we can hit the speed work the next day. Um, and he also is able to see when my brushstroke is just, it, it's just not clicking. Like the rhythm's not there. I'm disconnected. And I think it takes a breaststroker to be able to recognize that. So he'll say, all right, let's switch to fly. Let's switch to free. Um, and I think some coaches wouldn't be able to see that. And that you, it would just be a snowball effect where everything just looks horrible after 125. Cause you've just, you've kept reinforcing this bad habit. So I think those two things have been very helpful. And I think um, he's kind of helped guide me into it, but at the same time, he's also said he doesn't want to change everything so drastically. I mean, I'm living in a new country. I've got new training. Let's not mess with like technique too much right now. Let's not mess with this. Let's keep, let's isolate certain things and then change others. So. Yeah. Which again, it seems like a good balance and uh, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool to hear. Um, so to wrap things up, you know, moving forward, uh, heading into ISL, what, what are you looking to accomplish in these next few weeks? What are you excited about for season two? Um, especially with it being such a, you know, pretty drastically different format than season one. Yeah. I mean, I definitely want to see where, where my training has gotten to me at this point. I mean, I think swimmers all around the world just want to race because it's, (laughs) <laughs> this uh, pandemic has really caused a lot of these meets just to end. I mean, I have no personal idea where I'll be at, at the meet. I have cold times that I want to go, but you can only put so much weight into them with everything that's happened so far. Um, as far as a team, um, I definitely want DC to make the uh, semis at uh, some uh, in November, but um I just want to see kind of all the speed work payoff um, and kind of see where, just where I'm at. I mean, I'm just ready for it to happen. I, I have no idea what will happen, but I'm ready for it to happen. So. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think we can all agree with you on that. <laughs> we, we don't know how yeah. it's going to look, but as, as swim fans, we just want it. We just want it to go. Right. And I think everybody's in the same boat, coaches, swimmers and I haven't heard anybody that's been like, oh, I have to go to Budapest for (laughs) six, seven weeks. It's like, oh, we all want to be there. We all want to show the world like how we've been training or just see where we're at compared to everybody. Nobody has any idea where anybody's at. So that's another thing. Usually you can look at these meet results and see where people are. But now nobody has any idea. So, yeah. Well, Ian, thanks so much for, for taking the time. I know it's a little later there in Turkey, but I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me on. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.